I see someone who just needs a little bit more encouragement, like just push it out of them a little bit, you know, try to just be complimentary and, and encourage people to keep trying and keep going. You're listening to Find the Good News, Episode 82, The Encouragers, featuring Ashley Gott of Empire of the Seed. Find the Good News is produced by Parker Brand Creative Services, a branding agency that thinks sideways, pushes forward, and gets your brand up. See what else we do at parkerbrandup.com. Sitting down at the right round table in studio with a guest is starting to seem like a distant memory. It's hard for me to express this, but there's something special about the space where I meet with my guests. It conveys an openness, creative energy, and joy that is reflective of the types of conversation I hope to have with each person that's come to visit. Since the stay-at-home orders associated with the COVID-19 pandemic and the serious distancing measures required, I haven't been able to meet in person with the good people that make our local communities better. Before our world hit a massive pause, I had the pleasure to visit with several people doing good works in our communities. The conversation I'm sharing with you today is one of those recorded in studio, and as I listened to it again, it made me nostalgic for a time not too long ago when proximity to new people was a commodity. Today, I'm sharing my visit with Ashley Gott of Empire of the Seed. Empire of the Seed is an altruistic entity in southwest Louisiana that has a long plan to invigorate an already existing cultural landscape by revitalizing historic properties into venues and businesses that expand upon a community with a rich mix of art, music, and cuisine. The Empire of the Seed has seen many successes and the people of the Lake Charles area have benefited in many ways. After meeting with Ashley Gott, it was easy to draw lines from many of their accomplishments directly to her efforts as the president of historic events. It was clear to me that helping others reach their full potential was highly important to Ashley. This was a gift that others had shared with her, and giving it back seemed to be one of the ways she has shown her gratitude. As a talented lifelong musician, Ashley has shared her passion for song with her community. Combining that personal passion with the resources of Empire of the Seed has given birth to venues where other artists and musicians can share their love in turn. From my perspective, this is good compounding on good, a type of rebirth and renewal that the world sorely needs more of. She's an athlete, a planner, an organizer, a songwriter, musician, and singer. But most important of all, she is kind filled with joy, and carries a smile that makes a person want to share their own. I've enjoyed many digital conversations with some wonderful people since the coronavirus shutdown, but revisiting my conversation with Ashley makes me long for a time that I hope isn't too far away, when I can sit down and breathe the same air as my guest. I invite you to listen to my conversation with Ashley Gott, one of the good people who has done good works in the world. Someone that I am sure is ready to continue doing that in any way she can. The world may have pressed pause, but let's set some time aside, feel some joy, share a space for a little while, and press play on a little good news. Wake up, it's morning, you're dreaming up a story I can hear. The way it's going, cause you're laughing in your sleep on the path to you. Deliverance in a holy wall of light pouring through your window. Old news, bad news, fake news, 
Sometimes you just want to shut it all down and get no news at all. With Find the Good News, I aim to change that by focusing on good people doing good work. I visit with artists, educators, civic and spiritual leaders, musicians, business owners, students, volunteers, and everyday citizens who are using their creativity, resources, and talents to bring hope and happiness to their corner of the world. In each episode, I dig into the hearts and minds of my extraordinary guests. We have street-level conversations about relatable things going on in their lives, discover the critical life experiences that shape them, the perspectives that drive them, and the fundamental beliefs that are anchoring them to a path of goodness. There's a lot of news in the world. My name is Oren Parker, and I'm going to find the good. And I love you just as well. Yeah. <laughs> that happens all the time. I don't know if you have you listened to the show. Yes, I was, oh really? I, I just got past. Uh, I'm like halfway through the through the. I think it's the newest episode with the CBB. Crew. Oh yeah, cool. That was fun. I loved that one. Did I, you? I, I liked. I think it's cool that they're just so excited about what's going on around here, and and they have such a good knowledge base and really good ambassadors for. Our community, yeah, you know. Um, I agree. So yeah, that's uh, that. I actually was listening to that one just this morning. So I had fun well talking done. to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I got to talk to Shelly Johnson. I mm-hmm. guess uh, I don't know twenty episodes ago. So it okay. was neat to get a little bit of that history from her. Yeah, legacy stuff, and then get to hear about the the new stuff going on with them. Yeah, and they had a good rapport. They yeah, were, they were they just did. like really easy going. It they was did. fun. It was a good balance. Uh, they, you know, they would joke a little bit and, uh-huh. and, and still stay on track. I, I liked them. I, I really was enjoying it. Again, I'm a little bit halfway uh, yeah. through it. So it's that was though. a good sized episode. It's like an hour and a half. <clears throat> Sometimes <throat> these things go all over. I've had some, I mean, really have had some that have went almost five hours. Before. Holy cow. Just That's a wild. couple. Because I think what happens, at least what I've heard from some folks, is that... Um, some people don't really talk about certain stuff, and then when they mm-hmm. get comfortable, it's like, oh, hey, I'm I'm open now. Yeah. And then all it takes about an hour to get there, and then Warmed once it up. opens up, it's like all this cool stuff starts mm-hmm. pouring out, or things you maybe forgot, or yeah, you know. Well, that makes sense that there's a certain barrier that you have to cross before people are like. Phew. Okay. Yeah, I was like, can I, what, what can I say? What can I say? Yeah, yeah, right. Or how much do I want to say? Or how? <clears throat> yeah, how much do you want to say? Right. Right, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, it's still a new show. I mean, mm-hmm. our area is still having a little bit of trouble, like, getting on the podcast train, you know. But Which it's, is wild. Yeah. I, I love know. them. I, oh, me too. What do you listen to? I'd like to know. I really... There, well, I've got some that are just like sometimes are just guilty play. Like I do enjoy Joe Rogan's podcast yeah. from time to time. I think that's a good one. Yeah. One of my favorite ones is um, Beautiful Anonymous. Beautiful. I haven't. Well, I haven't listened to that. It's hosted by a comedian. His name is Chris Gethard. Okay. Um, and basically, it's just a one-hour phone call, kind of like what you and I are doing today, but not on the phone, with someone that you you don't really know. And his in his uh, scenario, it's a total stranger. And oh, he's wow. just on the phone for one hour with a total stranger and it's called uh-huh. anonymous because they don't ever say their name. So a lot of the times they'll just 
go on this show and you know sometimes it's super lighthearted and funny and then other times it gets super like a heavy. confessional almost yeah, right that is interesting it's really i'm good. gonna have to check that out see i like that kind of stuff i do too and i, I feel like i can tell already that you'd be into it just because oh, yeah you, i could tell that already that you're interested in people's stories obviously sure sure uh, that's true that's accurate <laughs> it's interesting though because it's like literally everything from you know joking around and you know couple a few times it's been multiple callers on one call which is kind of breaking the rules but it can just but he lets them break yeah. the rules but a couple bros just hanging out yeah. and being silly to like people coming in like doing heavy heavy stuff so sure that's happened here before like yeah. you know i have to something and i don't remember who said it and i think they were even quoting somebody else when they were on the show but mm -hmm. they said you know you have a responsibility to your guest because if you're going to go into these territories that are potentially painful or deep mm -hmm. or, or whatever, something very close to them. Yeah. You got to be prepared to be with them. That's right. Right. You can't just go, Oh, I opened this can of worms and now you here you fail. go. Bye. Go, yeah, go home and deal with it. it. Like, here we go. So it's an interesting in. lesson. You yeah. Know? I mean, uh, for me, it's been good. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot about myself just listening mm -hmm. to other people, you know, mm -hmm. made me think about things I hadn't thought of before. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah. I, for me, you know what? Podcasts have helped me. Hopefully, I need to work on being a better listener. And I'm, 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 I'm aware of that sometimes. I, I get so excited to engage in conversation. I want to interject right then. Yeah. But I've been, I, especially that show in particular, I've, I've listened to the host. You can tell he wants to chime in, but it's not really about him. It's about the person he's on the phone with. Yeah. So you can tell he wants to chime in. But he kind of like pulls but back. He, he, pull, he pulls back. Uh, so that's been interesting. Like, let someone complete their thought and then jump in. And Yeah. You know. It's so. funny you said that because I'm editing an episode right now where I'm having trouble because um, there were four people at the table. And I don't. And there's no slide on them. We all have had one version of that in our life or, or another. Mm -hmm. But. There was a lot of um, interjecting before other people could finish. And as I'm listening to it from a, um, as a listener, mm -hmm. even though I was in the conversation as a listener, I'm, I'm, it feels very jarring and not cohesive. And I'm like, okay, I got to pull some of this together mm -hmm. because there's a lot of those half, half finished thoughts that we never get back to. Yeah. And sometimes you I wish I could get the rest of that. Wish yeah. I could hear the rest of that. <laughs> yeah. No, I totally get that, man. That's interesting. I, I'm, I think that you're right. Podcasts for me have been very comforting. Mm -hmm. I've, uh, I feel like I've met people that I haven't met mm -hmm. in that regard. Cause mm -hmm. you, they're so intimate that you're just like, I'm just hanging out with them at the table almost. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah, and they're just in your house with you, and you're you're making dinner, and you've got it going, and you're yeah. listening to a conversation, which is cool. Yeah. Well, now you're on one. And that here I am. <laughs> yeah. Doing it. Yeah. So if you don't mind, for the folks that we just been we just been yakking, uh, yeah. for the folks that are, you know, listening, can you give them a a good snapshot of who I'm talking to? Yeah. So. Uh, Ashley got. Um, I always want to, I feel like I'm in a professional thing where I'm introducing myself. So my first thought is to go right to where I work and yeah. everything. So we'll do that first. Uh, but yeah, I'm the president uh, of events over at Empire of the Seed here in Lake Charles. Um, and I guess for people who aren't aware of Empire of the Seed, we are kind of a small operation. Um, we own event venues and, and properties in downtown Lake Charles, uh, which range from, you know, Pops and Rockets is one that, you know, or actually it's Boombox, Boombox now. now. Excuse yeah, me, sorry. No. Uh, Boombox, um, and then the Villa, 1910, and then the, the spaces that I really occupy and, and 
kind of do a lot of work at is the historic Calcutta Marine Bank, uh, the cash and carry building, and then the Paramount Room. Um, so career-wise, that's that's what I what I do and love it. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk about that more. And then, uh, you know, born and raised actually grew up in Sulphur, oh, really? Louisiana, uh, until probably, I think, junior year in high school. And then oh. we made the move to, to Lake Charles over the bridge. Huh. And uh, and then, yeah, parents, um, both teachers, have older sister, um, uh, hobbies. I, I like triathlon, I like running, I play a little bit of music, uh, married to the best dude in the world. So, yeah. Things are good. Man, so, man, I have so much to unpack there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a girl with too many hobbies. No, those, that's all, they're all great. I mean, that's just, uh, I could dive into any one of those, and we could probably stay there for hours. But one thing that you said that I'm curious about, because I have a teenage son who's a junior, mm-hmm. and you said you moved your junior year from Sulphur to Lake Charles. You know, one of the, anytime a family's talking about moving, uh, and you're that invested and you've lived in one area your whole life, especially mm-hmm. when you're in those critical high school years. That's what I, I think of his high school mm-hmm. years because I know mine were. Yeah. That moving can be jarring. Yeah. And I'm just curious, like, was that jarring at all for you? Or were you kind of like, no, this is great. Fresh start, new city. <laughs> well, <clears throat> I, I don't I don't think it was because for me, I, did, I think I was just so like loosey-goosey as a, as yeah. a teenager. I'm like, oh, well, this is we're what we're doing now. Yeah. <laughs> just ultimate trust <laughs> in my good. parents. <laughs> like, whatever they say goes. They got uh, it. <laughs> it was a little bit of a change because we were... You know, we weren't, my parents weren't done building the house in Lake Charles. Ah, okay. So we came from, you know, actually living right over on Rio Hondo. I probably, yeah, probably I know where it's at. Yep. Yeah. Um, so lived on Rio Hondo, had, you know, a big yard and, a, you know, everything and ideal childhood space, you know, for, for that, for romping around in the yard and stuff. But, um, no, we so the biggest change was we moved into a really tiny apartment for a quick minute. Oh, probably. like between in the transition. That's right. So we we really had some bonding time <laughs> as a family, like really really close quarters. But other than that, it was pretty. I, my high school didn't change. I was at uh, Hamilton. I went to Hamilton. Oh, Christian. okay. So you weren't going so to I high didn't school have in to Sulphur. Switch schools, I see. Which okay. Kind of nice. Well, there so. you go. So you didn't like have these friendships that were ripped apart or right, anything. Yeah, right. Right. Cool. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing too heartbreaking like that. So yeah. Pretty. Pretty easy. Yeah, well, that's interesting. Okay, see, that's what I would. That's where I was making the mistake of mm-hmm. an assumption. I was assuming that you went. Yeah. To oh, it high. could be earth shattering for a teenager for sure. Yeah. If if you know they're having to switch switch schools and all that stuff, but luckily yeah. I didn't have to do that. Well, that's cool. So you went to Hamilton Christian Academy. Did you go to college here in Southwest Louisiana? Yep. I, my dad has been a professor at McNeese oh. for years upon years upon years. He teaches in the business department, and. um yeah, I, I I don't not to any of their fault, but I I don't think I ever knew that I could go somewhere else. It was oh, nice. always Magnes, yeah. but I'm glad it was Magnes. I yeah. loved it, you know. Um, I really really loved it. So yeah, I went there, had no idea what I wanted to study uh, until probably two years in. Then I kind of found my way. You yeah, know, I, I hopped around, which is probably pretty normal for folks. 
um, but ended up in the business department, which yeah. is where my dad teaches. And okay, yeah, so went there and then went there for my MBA as well. Wow. Mm-hmm. So you stuck around Southwest Louisiana after you finished college. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my husband and I had a. Uh, we both went to school. We met at McNeese. Oh, okay. Um, and so we both graduated from McNeese, and then you know we're kind of working and stuff. And it it took us a minute to find our way career wise. Really, you know. And I, I feel so lucky that I I'm at where I'm at now because I I, I kind of had a rigid idea of what I was gonna do. Um, after studying business, my, I wanted to kind of follow in dad's footsteps, do the PhD route, um, and, and never was able to get into a program. Um, and that was, that was tough for me because I, I'm kind of a, an achiever. I like to get things done. And for me, once I have my mind set on something, it's like, that's, that's the option. Yeah. That's what you go do. And, um, struggled for years. I even got a little bit bitter about it, not really? being able to get in uh, to a PhD program and, and got upset about it and then worked jobs that I, I didn't care for. You what know? kind of jobs? Ugh. I mean, not to say the place, but I mean, like well, what types of things? The the one that was the worst, um, and I won't say the actual place, but it was an industry job, Yeah. Um, which I'm, I'm not knocking industry in Southwest Louisiana. It's wonderful. My husband is an engineer. He works at, in, in the industry, you know, uh, but for me, it just was not a good fit. Um, sort of a creative type, but I was in a human resources role. Sure. And I, I'll just say it, I, I wasn't good at the job either. Just flat out, not a good fit. Um, not, just wasn't thriving there at all. And uh, it actually ended up, I think before we started, we were talking about how sometimes some things that seem bad can turn out for a good. Sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was one of them because I, so I went into work one day. I'll never forget this day. It was a Friday morning. I was driving to work and I was in tears because I was like, how do I do this another day? You know, yeah. just keep on trucking. Um, but my husband was going through engineering school at the time, you know, so I was trying to be the breadwinner and yeah. get him through school, um, which is important. So it was really just like struggling, like, okay, another day, at least it's Friday, just a couple of hours, <laughs> right, right. get through it. Um, and uh, yeah, um, so so that day, they the company, unbeknownst to me, I didn't know this was happening, but they were doing, they were downsizing. Oh, and, and you, uh, this is all going on when you're already feeling... Yeah, bad about it. And so that day, I think around noon, I, I got the, you know, got the door closed meeting, you know, oh, wow. someone walks in and tells me, hey, we're doing downsizing. You're one of them. And it was like, I, I, honestly, it was like a, like a breath of fresh air, sure. like relief, like, okay, yeah. all right, I am unemployed now, but this right. may, you know, open up another good, good yeah. thing. And I was literally unemployed for one week. And then interviewed for my current position. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Isn't it interesting how that can shift your whole life? That, that's not exactly the same thing that happened to me, but uh, I had moved back to Southwest Louisiana around 2003. I'd been living in North Louisiana, mm -hmm. kind of coming back in the middle of a divorce, starting over. I'd been in a sector of the advertising industry, but all my skills were in that sector. Mm -hmm. But I was trying to branch out into a broader, I guess, a broader scope because I felt like I had more natural skills that weren't being touched on in this other sector. Mm -hmm. But then I got down here and I'm just like, you know, out there beating the bushes going, is anybody even hiring, you know? 
who's going to take a chance on me because I don't really have these, I have these underdeveloped skills <clears throat> and I had just about given up kind of yeah. the same. I was just like, man, I've looked everywhere and everybody's saying, Oh, we love your work. We love this. You don't really have the right skill set." scratching my head, you know, mm-hmm. going, okay, I got to figure this out What now. And I had gotten a job offer at one of the places that I had stopped at and it was kind of in a, offshoot another weird offshoot of advertising i said yeah okay i don't really want to do that but i'll take it at this point i was kind of over it and i was like giving up you know but right before i got that call i had stopped in this little ad agency and it didn't look like anybody was there and i knocked and it was just they weren't hiring i just went in Mm -hmm. and uh dropped off my resume and when i was walking out the lady that happened to hear me come in she ran out and she we talked for five little five minute chat and uh, went home that night and they called me back. The one place I didn't wow. think it was just random little. I got was the one place that I really felt like I'd had a conversation. Yeah. And so that's where I met my wife. Wow. That's you know, cool. ended up if I hadn't have, <laughs> and I almost didn't stop there, you know, because wow. I was at that like t- last check mark, you know, and it just changes the trajectory of your life. You yeah. Know? What a neat thing. It is weird. Those little story. things could have just missed it. Mm-hmm. And I can relate of feeling defeated and just like. Like wanting to check out a little bit because yeah. I mean that was over the you know that you got the very abridged version but I mean there was years of me like questioning like I thought this was what I was supposed to do I've got this degree I've got this MBA that was all supposed to lead to a certain point yeah and then when you don't hit that point you're like well what now right you know and and that's a scary thing for someone who's got a pretty rigid idea of what you want to do but. I mean, in hindsight, everything works out for a reason. I'm I'm so happy, but it took some crappy jobs in between, yeah, <laughs> you know, right. or, and just kind of feeling like, well, maybe I'm just not good at, at business. Maybe I'm just not good at this type of work, yeah. you know, yeah. trying to figure it out. But yeah, know. no, I know I, I've struggled. That's so similar because I'm, you said you're a creative type and mm-hmm. I'm, I would, I guess, I don't even know if I like that term because it, it can, it it means something different to everybody, mm-hmm. but, but I feel like I'm kind of would be it's thrown. A compliment. It should be a compliment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think it gets thrown in. I get, I could throw myself and my wife into that category. We have, sure. we'd work in creative things, but, uh, yeah, I, I was struggled with the advertising world because I was like, there's these whole other dimensions of who I am that really kind of don't align with it. Mm-hmm. Or any of its philosophies. And so I kept, I keep sort of, for years, I kept waiting, almost biding my time, incubating, going, well, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to keep all this other stuff on like this like warmer plate because mm-hmm. someday I'm going to find a way to align these things that aren't in alignment. And kind of that's what this podcast was born out yeah. of was like, okay, well, I can take all these other things now. And apply them to these other dimensions that right. I wasn't given any air to and let let some light shine there now. Right. But it's a long journey. <laughs> a lot of just heartache and mistakes. And just and trying struggling. to figure out and trying yeah. to figure out these strengths that you think you have. Yeah. How how to use them, you know, right. once you've got this particular degree and everything. That <laughs> right. you're like, okay, well, here I am. But yeah, as you were saying that just the culmination of that all coming together with you being able to do this. I mean, that's, as you were saying that I'm like, yeah, you're doing it right here with this podcast. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, you don't think you're going to 
for it can be just almost um, discouraging after a while. You're just like, am I just hanging on for something that's never going to happen? Mm-hmm. Should I just make a big shift and like just give give my life over to these other things that really want to you know stand out in the sun for a little while and grow, or do I just hang on to this thing that? You know, isn't fulfilling that and just live in two worlds. Yeah. Right. Private world, public world. And this one, the public will be the advertising side. And I'll just let all that stuff, you know, be for me at home and in my own little private chamber in my heart. But there's this desire. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? You yeah. probably have things like if you just go, oh, hey, yeah. I want to share the, some of this with like, people. Do, why? Right. And what that is or why it wants to be out there. But Right. Yeah. Which is why I'm, I'm thankful for for what I get to do in Empire because I've gotten to step into some of that creative side. Well, a lot of it, you know, with putting on events and creating and, you know, doing the listening room and stuff like that. You know, music is such a big part of my life. And it's, you know, at some of these other places I was at, specifically the HR position, it it was almost like that was had to be a separate person yes i get it <laughs> you know like two different yeah. pe- like there's one person that has to go off to work and and do this you know yeah i guess that whole right brain left brain kind of a thing and um have to be this particular way and this particular person and then go home and actually get to do but for me i thought maybe i just have to be okay with Work and hobbies are never gonna separate cross, path, cross paths, yeah. right? And I could maybe I would just have conversations in my head like maybe those things are never gonna be the same or you know yeah. have some parallels, but luckily now I feel like they do, which is awesome. It's um, interesting, Ashley. I mean, that's something I've struggled with mm-hmm. because I used to and may, tell me if you ever rela- can relate to this, but have you ever just looked out at other people? And you go, well, I don't know. I'm going to say just what I, I have done in the mm-hmm. past where I will look out at other people and I go, how come they can do that? Because I don't have a, that ability. They can like go, oh, I have these hobbies. They make me super happy. I'm really passionate about them. I also have this job that has nothing to do with that. And I'm fine with no crossover in that. Yeah. And I look at them and go, how, well, how do you do that? Because I'm having a hard time with that. Mm-hmm. I want some kind of marriage between the two because I'm spending so much of my time doing this professional thing. Yeah. I want more marriage between those two different yeah. elements. I want a little more balanced where I'm kind of in both all the time. Yeah. And that's the whole of me, not two parts of me. But I always look at people that are comfortable like that and I'm, I scratch my head. Me too. <laughs> me too. I, but I think I'm also someone who's... My hobbies are such a big part of my life, and I value them so much. Yeah, there's just for me to be happy and feel whole, I have to have both and let them be some some overlap in the yeah. two. Um, and on the opposite end, I don't think it's just I don't think it's just creative types that have to live that that right. are that are struggling with that because my my husband is very like engineer numbers oriented and we share the same hobby you know one of them is triathlon he does all that stuff with me and um he he actually got me into it but really that that makes sense to me that he's into triathlon because he likes to look at the data and and look at his training and for Uh, me like i'm just like oh yeah that's good you know it's more about being outside and you know feeling the sunshine on my face y'all are coming at it from two different ways that's right i mean i look at the numbers but not nearly as much as he does so it makes sense it's not just a creative person that's like having to crave that i guess that overlap but also the numbers people too i guess for me, yeah. seeing him, he he's 
is the same way, just in a different like yeah capacity. Like I'm artsy and he's numbers. You know? Yeah, that's interesting that y'all can share something together. That's that's kind of a testament to the value of the hobby. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. that it has enough um, flexibility to be approachable by different types like that. That's yeah. beautiful, actually. Yeah, it's a good point. It's yeah. a good point. So yeah, I can relate to you on, on that <laughs> on that sentiment. <laughs> yeah, sure. I listened to Mark Maron's podcast, and one time he he kind of went on a rip complaining about something, and he he said, "What's wrong with me? Why can't I just let other people have their fun?" And I I don't know why, but like that really resonated with me. That one, and it wasn't even related to anything going on in my life. I just. The way he expressed it so honestly, it wasn't scripted. He was just like really asking himself, mm-hmm. like, what the heck? Why can't I just let other people have their fun? Mm-hmm. Like, and I was like, yeah, dude, I get what you're saying. Because it was kind of in that realm mm-hmm. of how come I can't? Why? And then I go, why am I worried about that? This is the way I'm wired to see who I am. Just you know? do your thing. <laughs> yeah. yep. So we're talking about hobbies. Uh, can we talk about music? Sure. I'd love to know your path. Love talking about music yeah. very much. So where does that start for you? starts well i was gonna say starts with piano lessons but it starts even before then um i mean my parents were always pretty musical you know i have like childhood memories of listening to the beatles and you know simon and garfunkel and uh, you know people like that and my dad has still has a sweet um alvarez like nylon string acoustic guitar just simple that he paid you know a hundred something bucks for uh, back in the day and has, I think my dad back in the day was maybe a little bit of a hippie, yeah. uh, you know, with the long hair and stuff. <laughs> That's cool. Um, but, uh, but so they were always musical and I think it just rubbed off on me. My mom, even for a while was a music teacher. Oh, where? Um, I think at Westlake oh, okay. elementary school. Cool. And so I remember I th- maybe a couple of times I, we would be able to go to school with her and see her doing her music classes and, and, and attend, you know, one of the musical productions that she did yeah. um, for Westlake. And then, yeah, just growing up um, in church, I would hear my parents sing in church. And so it was always... Yeah, you were around music mm-hmm. and it was, you probably got a lot out of it. You and Loved it. it. Yeah. yeah, natural. Um, and my mom even told me when I was young, probably two or three, there was a particular song that I had... I don't know if it was a tune or if it had words, but I would just sing it over and over. Like really? that was like the the song that I had come up with. <laughs> wow, <laughs> so you made I, it up. Yeah, it was your song. This is yeah. my little tune that I sing in the backseat of the car or whatever. How cool is that? Uh, yeah. yeah. She could probably sing it for you. Um but then so then after that my parents got us into piano lessons, me and my sister. And I took piano lessons for I think six years and enjoyed it. Until I didn't enjoy it anymore. Sure. Um, and right. I think that was mostly, I, I, to no discredit to our teacher, but I, I would go home and make up stuff on my own and form chords on my own. Yeah. I remember one of the songs that I really wanted to learn was uh, Chariots of Fire, the theme oh, song wow. to Chariots yeah. of Fire. That's dun 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 dun. Yeah, okay. Na, 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 na. So I wanted to learn that. Love that song. And again, that goes back to my parents introducing that song to me and like listen to the watch this moment listen to this moment and um so you know wanted to learn it didn't have the music for it so just clunked it out on the piano interesting and wanted and so i was so excited that next that next week to go back and let my teacher listen and she was just kind of like well that's good but let's learn it by the book you know and that was not the way 
that I wanted to create, you yeah, know, like, no, I get that. it was sure. too, like, ooh, too rigid, I guess. But, um, so, so did, did piano lessons and, um, I think after six years, right. I think it was six years that I had kind of been trying to twist my mom's arm. I'm like, I really want a guitar. Like, ah. I really want to get a, get a guitar. And, uh, so finally I, I, I made a deal with her. My sister went to summer camp one year and I didn't, I didn't go, but I was like, well, you're paying for that, for her to go to summer camp. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so what if we, and my mom was like, you know, we'll even it out. You know, they were, they were always super fair to both of us. So she said, well, okay, we'll even it out some way. I'm like, I already know the way. I want to go to Lions Music over here and, and get a guitar. You'd I, figured it out. You I, were I, like, I if you out. say yes, I got the plan. This is what I want. So yeah. we went and got got the guitar and um, so thankful for that little trip to Lions Music. Really? You know, it was just like this beautiful start of a, you know, just yeah. a hobby that I absolutely love. So, and uh, so, yeah, did that and, and never looked back really. Yeah. Started out with an electric guitar. I don't know why, because I'm such a... Oh, really? Acoustic. Your first guitar was an electric yeah, guitar? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, which I love. I love electric guitar, but ended up, you know, loving acoustic music so much. Yeah. So, uh, got an acoustic guitar and took lessons. Actually, where we were at uh, on Rio Hondo, I could walk to Bearden's Music. Oh, wow. Yeah, from my house. Right. It was just there. like a, a straight shot, so I would go there and... Huh. take guitar lessons and, and learn. And so that's where it started. Yeah. And then I played uh, clarinet and band for a quick minute. So I, you played several instruments. Then. Yeah. I don't yeah. claim to be good at the clarinet or the uh, piano anymore. I wish I would have kept some of those skills for the piano. I really do. Yeah. But. I can see that. Cause what marries really well, it's one of those universal instruments, I guess, you know, it's like it's sitting around, you go in a room, there's a piano, you could just sit down and, mm-hmm play it mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it's and, and it's so beautiful and I, there have been times where I, I still play music at church and sometimes we're short on piano players and i'm like oh if i only had that skill still to I mean, who knows life's life's not over yet maybe piano's i can still a pick bit, it back up a bit of a it's a string instrument i mean mm-hmm. to some degree right i mean yeah. i don't think we we visually don't think of it that way but yeah. there's and i know about chord yeah. formations and stuff and chord family so i think that if i spend a little bit of time on it i could get back to it yeah but. do you play by you play by ear mm-hmm. yeah well, you always been able to do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's which is probably why I didn't like having a readout of a music note you yeah. know, book with, with piano, um, which not to discredit that in any way, but it just sure. wasn't the, the right way for me, you know. Yeah. Uh, but once I started playing guitar, it was just like, you know. Yeah. Never looked back. And I'm happy. I know it. I'm helpless. To Sorry for interrupting the conversation, but I have something I need to tell you about. You may or may not know this, but this podcast is produced in the city of Sulphur, Louisiana, one of the sister cities that make up Southwest Louisiana. All of my childhood memories are wrapped up in the city of Sulphur. It's my home, and it's been a good home for most of my life. There is a growing diversity of unique businesses, services, and events in Sulphur, each with a rich and colorful story to tell about their particular place in this little jewel on the west side of the Calcasieu River. My mission is to promote good news, to put a positive signal out in the world. That's why my team at Parker Brand Creative Services has created the new brand, Sulphur Today. Here's how it works. Post your Sulphur event, service, 
photos, videos, or information using the hashtag SulfurToday. That's it. My team and I will scan and curate those posts through the social media platforms we've put in place. Before you make your post, just type hashtag, that's a pound sign for the folks that don't know what a hashtag is, and the words sulfur today with no space. My team at Parker Brand is monitoring this tag right now, and they're ready to create positive digital curb appeal for our city by sharing all the very best sulfur has to offer through the Sulfur Today social media pages. As the Sulfur Today project grows, we will be scheduling interviews and video sessions with businesses, events, and services so they can tell their story of Sulfur Today in a series of ongoing micro-documentaries. Look for the eye-catching Sulfur Today sign when you're out and about, and be ready. We may be stopping by to visit you for a photo op. And don't forget to stop by the Parker Brand Creative Services Studio in Sulphur to grab a Sulphur Today decal for your vehicle or business. We want people visiting our area to know that they can find all the wonderful things we have to offer with ease and be a part of our history by utilizing the Sulphur Today pages or by searching the Sulphur Today hashtag. Do you want to help us tell the story of Sulphur Today? Here's what I need you to do right now. Visit and like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash sulfur today. And be sure to share positive sulfur information and post often using the hashtag sulfur today. Now, back to find the good news. So when did, when did, so you play guitar and you like music. So where, where has that led you, you know, from those days to now, like, what is it, what, what's, what's the world of music for you as a performer? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, when I met, uh, Amy Kerwin, my, my bandmate with Elms okay. District, um, that like unlocked a whole new world yeah. for me. Love I, the way y'all sounded, by the way. Thank you. I appreciate that. She, um, we met at church and, uh, she she really encouraged me um to to kind of because i was still a little bit self-conscious mm. and nervous in my ability to you know i just didn't have that vote of confidence you were you would were you say you weren't like that front-facing person like yeah. i want to be out front on stage yeah that wasn't was super your... um super like I, not that i wasn't encouraged but I, I needed to hear it from someone other than like family you know? i mean no i can't <laughs> You can do this, you yeah, know. Right. So I started going to a church where she was at, and she she has a really, I think, it's just a gift of being able to kind of pull that out of people ah, and, okay. and recognize like, oh, there's something more to this. And it took me forever to sing in front of her. You know, I didn't have any problem playing, you know, the guitar in front of her, but singing was really nervous and um, just never really thought that that was my. Oh, really? You know, way okay. to be artistic. So yeah. she kind of pulled it out of me. And then people noticed, like, y'all sound really good together, you yeah. know. Um, and then we were able to do an album um, and just got lucky with that. Just someone that went to our church was said, I just want to pay for y'all to do this. Wow. Um, and, and it was a really cool experience. We learned a lot. I think we probably did it too quickly because they were, you know... I think people were excited with us and no, just wanted you. to have a project. And so the whole thing seemed a little bit too uh, expedited yeah. almost. Yeah, I get you. But it was just a really 
cool experience to be in a studio and see how you lay down tracks and you know metronome in your ear and and writing lyrics and all that stuff yeah just a really neat time um so i think creatively and and just with my confidence after i met her it would just really helped i mean she because i needed someone that i respected them as a musician um and respected them as as a leader too for someone to say like you can do this you know and it was for sure her and i think she's so talented so so did that that's interesting did that experience having someone help pull that kind of out of you did that bleed over into other areas of your life did that sort of shift oh yeah your... yeah I, I really believe that and and it happened with my husband in triathlon too really kind of having to pull that confidence out of me because i i was a super like mellow quiet kid growing up like didn't really want to be the center of attention and I, I knew that i was pretty good at sports and stuff in high school and i developed some confidence over that um but really it was pulled out you know, by, you know, by Amy when it came to music and then by my husband when it came to running and athletics, it was like, I just needed that person whose opinion I respected enough to be like, Oh, okay. Like there's something here. I can do this. That's interesting. Something like that, especially so somebody like Amy, she comes along and pulls that, but you've already, you already have the talent, you already have the skills. And then she pulls, pulls it out of you to get out front. And then, like you said, it starts to affect other areas of your life. Then I'm just wondering about this because it seems like it, it happens with folks. Is there then this cascade of feedback when uh, when now you're performing out in public and all of a sudden you've got people that you don't know going, oh, my God, I love the way you sing. I love the mm-hmm. way you sound. And now you're getting little uh, impact points, little feedback points yeah. everywhere. And all of a sudden, what does that feel like for somebody who was formerly not out front? Yeah, um, it's just really humbling. And, yeah. and I feel really thankful, you know, for 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 sweet feedback like that because people don't have to compliment you you know they do it because they want to and that makes you feel good you know and and i'm still that person they talk about like the the love languages like words of affirmation for sure one that i have to hear you know yeah so that does it does help um but it's it's cool though because it's meeting people that just want to compliment you just because they like your art. And I'm sure you've gotten that on the back end with the podcast and people that you don't even know that compliment you just for a craft that you do is a super, just really neat feeling and humbling and and you feel grateful. I feel so grateful for it. Yeah. You're touching people in a, well, if you can with music, especially whether it's joy or even if you're just helping someone emote a sadness Mm or, work through anything is, you know, the same song can hit 20 people different ways sure. mean different things. Sure. So yeah, having that and being able to give that to people. Yeah. That's, that's actually kind of beautiful. It's really beautiful. Yeah. And, and, and it's also made me want to do the same for others. You know, if I see someone who just needs a little bit more encouragement, like just push it out of them a little bit, you know, yeah. try to just, you know, be, be complimentary and, and encourage people to keep trying and keep going. Um, so yeah, between her and, and, and my husband on, on two very different hobbies, it just yeah. took that one person saying like, you can do this, you know, yeah. and has made me a, a way more confident person as a result. Yeah. You know what? That makes me think I've been having some, and it's related to something personal, but I was in the last few days, I've been having these conversations with some folks and, 
it just reminds me again that how quickly how quick we are to club somebody over the head mm-hmm. you know when they're when they're not when they're down or maybe maybe they're not even down maybe they just don't have that confidence mm-hmm. but if somebody were just to go hey i believe in you just a you know a little bit give mm-hmm. you a little bit of motivation hope see something in you believe that you know even if you don't have like a full um a full uh, scope of skills that are fully developed just go well you know what maybe those things haven't come yet but this one thing right here that you've got is really strong yeah and just somebody to give them a little light yeah you know we undervalue that i think in in the mass media for sure Mm -hmm. you know it's so easy to just go hey we're gonna jump on you like a school of piranha and just pick your bones clean yeah so there's nothing left of you and good good right and then just swim off you know right right. whenever we could really help everybody just be a little better right and i i have memories of you know growing up in a in a pretty small um really traditional church um where number one they didn't like having a female even on stage much less Ah. a female a young female that played presumably what they thought was a a boy's instrument you know the guitar which is crazy to me (laughs) it's crazy now thinking about that it's sort of wild yeah you're right but uh, I mean, I felt a lot of discouragement mm. back in the, and not from my family by any means. It was always like, you can do, and that's probably what kept me going is my parents who just think that I can do anything, you yeah. know, but just, uh, discouraging. And, you know, as soon as I'd get up on stage to, you know, I'd pick my little guitar up and they would just get up and walk out. And this is a church of like 50 people. Oh, so wow. it was very and obvious. How old are you when this is happening? This is like 12 or 13 Oh, so there you go. Formative, formative like years. you're aware <laughs> yes. that the, yeah. and why. Yeah. And I think that, um, yeah, I think that, thank God that, you know, between my parents and, and, um, my husband and, and, and of course, Amy on the music stuff that they were there to be like, no, you, you can do this. You're, you know, there's something there, um, you know, that you, you, you're good at this, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it, it's all about, like you said, the piranhas and the, you know, like, yeah. you know, feeling like I don't ever want to be that person. Me you know, either. I, I even remember thinking that, um, as a, as a teenager, like, I don't want to be that to somebody like I don't want to be the person that gets up oh yeah you know and, and walks out just to prove a point yeah you know no, I hear you I, I think uh, we can go off on a whole nother subject here but mm-hmm. I think a lot about that because I do see sentiments where people don't um, support those types of actions they're like hey let things just fall where they lie why do we have to have why do we have to have everybody represented why does there have to be you know a, a female priest mm-hmm. why does there have to be you know, a little girl that's uh, from another nationality play this character in this mm-hmm. movie. How come, you know, that, and we, I do, I hear that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm reading online and I'm like, because we're all looking out there for somebody that looks or sounds like us to affirm to us that it's okay. Yeah. That I can do too. I can, I can be do this too. too. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for a long time, you look around the world and the heroes are all white guys and the heroes are all men. And it's yeah. like, you know, we're looking for, 
yeah. more variety in our diet. Right. <laughs> you know I mean? right. We got to have people out there, archetypes for people to look up to. Right. That little girl in church who wants to play the guitar yeah. needs somebody to look to to go. And say, so you hey, can do this. You can do this yeah, too. You just know? a pat on the back. You yeah. Know? And I don't know why there's. Uh, that's another head scratcher for me. <laughs> I, I think about that a lot. That's probably yeah. something I think about more than almost anything is why human beings have such a hard time with variety. Yeah, change. They just don't <laughs> it's like such it. It's a strange Whether thing. Whether it's a female on the stage in general or. The type of music that I was playing didn't fit their mold sure. of church music and what that looks like. Yeah. So, and honestly, I'm thankful for those experiences in hindsight because I think it thickened my skin a little bit. Yeah. And hopefully I was just, I, I was aware of it, but I didn't let it completely defeat me because I'd still go home yeah. and practice, there you, go. you know, but I for sure needed it, it definitely left an impression enough to that I needed someone to be an encourager for me, mm-hmm. you know. Um and that was several people in my life that were that. Yeah. That got me to kind of come out of my box a little bit. Yeah. So does music so man, I love the story. This is all the little pieces are coming together. <laughs> so we've got the education, the discontent with maybe being stuck in that workforce mm-hmm. position that wasn't really right. And the love of music, and they, all these things are kind of running on the same tracks, and it sounds like they're converging together to yeah. lead you to your career that you're in now. Yeah, right? is that is that yeah. accurate? Yeah, okay. absolutely. And thank God for my hobbies along the way to get here because they brought me so much joy. You know, uh, in that time where I was working jobs that I didn't like, it you know we got to play a lot of shows and and you know play in different states and and do that kind of thing that I never would have been able to do Yeah. otherwise. So that was neat. Um, I, I'm not someone who likes to be on the road, FYI, though, to, for uh, playing music. I'm yeah. very, uh, the older I get, I, I realize that I'm someone who's very um, habitual. Yeah. You know, I like my, you know, things to fall into place. But that was a really neat, uh, still a neat experience. But, but yeah, and, and now kind of all coming to this point of being at Empire, where, you know, I get to do things like the listening room and, and put on events and yeah. and just to have bosses that are like so encouraging of my hobbies and, and the music that I've done before and still do. It's it's pretty I just feel so lucky every day. I feel it, so lucky. It seems like they and by they, I mean, Rick and his wife. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to hear more about that, them, too, if you don't mind sharing some of that with the audience so they understand what Empire of the Seed is. But sure. it does seem to me that they they really understand the value of art and culture and history and how all those things are so necessary and vital to having a qual- a good quality of life. Absolutely. Because I can, you can see how downtown has transformed. and They play a big part in that. Huge. I, mm-hmm. I talk about that with other... There's people that... There are still people out there that really don't even know... Because pe- pe- people interact with a business. You know, mm-hmm. they go into 1910 and they go mm-hmm. to, you know, Boombox or whatever it is they're interacting with and they like that business. They're not always stopping, stepping back and going... 
what's the wide picture there? Who owns this? Who's who planned these things? Yeah. They're not looking at that. And so there's a lot of intent in the particular types of things they've invested in and in creating Empire of the Seed. So anyway, I'm saying all that as somebody who isn't doesn't work there. Yeah, <laughs> so, uh, I love that you know so much about it. Though. Well, That's I great. don't. That's actually why I, I know yeah. what I know this sort of, I guess, uh, standing on top of a little hill and looking out and I can see the connections, but I don't know the story or the motivations or any of that type of stuff, or even how you join the team. Yeah. Join the team. So I'd love to hear if you have some time to just sort of flesh that out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess what I love too, from what you said is the credit that you give to Rick and Donna, because they don't, they don't toot their own horns, you know? Yeah. Um, So I like like when other people do. It is. You know what I mean? It's like, Hey, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with Rabindrath Tagore. He's a, sort of a spiritual, it's a spiritual writer. It's mm-hmm. the simplest thing. It's some old works and poetry you can read. But he said something to the effect of uh, a wise man will plant a seed for a tree that he'll never sit, mm-hmm. be allowed to sit under its shade or something that I just butchered like that. Yeah. But uh, I'm pretty sure I've heard Rick say like something. <laughs> something like that. that. I think quote. a lot of yeah. business people do. And I, in fact, on a podcast I produce, not this one, another one. Somebody else said it the other day. I go, oh, I've heard that from Raven Dreth Tagore. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, it just kind of reminds me of what Rick and them are doing. Yeah. With Rick and his wife and you yeah. and everybody working in there. So And even the name, Empire of the Seed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when, I, when I first moved back here, I, I was like, what is that? Yeah. At first. It's and an then awesome as time name. has went on now from 2003 to 2019, for me, I go, oh, I see what they're doing. Yeah. Here they are planting seeds and it's an empire, but it's not an empire in the sense of there's a, an emperor, right? You know, it's the people are going to benefit for this. It's laying this foundation for starting small and with one building and seeing that seed grow. And now we're got a couple locations downtown and all the things that have come out of that as a result, you know, it's really neat. Um, but yeah, backtracking a little bit, um, yeah, I was unemployed for a week and basically I'm so happy. Uh, Dr. Burkell over at McNeese is, is friends with my dad, you know, both in the business department. Dr. Burkell is the president now, but they were in the business department together at the time. And they're pretty close friends. And I, I grew up um, with with his his kids and everything. And so know them pretty well. And he said you know, there's a position open over at Empire of the Seed. That seems like something Ashley, just on a whim, you know, Ashley may be interested in. And so my dad called me and he said, um, so there's a, there's a position open. And if you're interested, you know, here's where you can apply. Here's the email of the guy that you send your resume to and all that stuff. So I was immediately interested. Yeah. Immediately, because I had kind of stalked. It was Sarah Lasher that had my job before me. I don't okay. know if you know. I know the name, but I don't okay. know her. Um, well, we got our MBA together at McNeese, so okay. I knew her, and I knew that she had a really cool job. And I, I had kind of like a weirdo stalked her position before oh. and tried to kind of <laughs> figure out via Facebook or Empire of the Seas website kind of what she like, what's did. What's going on here? Yeah, yeah what, what is, is she this? doing? What does yeah. she get to do? So. I was immediately interested, and so uh, I applied and um, got an interview. The first interview was not with Rick and Donna. Uh, it was with uh, the property managers, Flavin Realty. So I talked to those guys, and then the second round I got to go in uh, to Rick's office and meet with him and Donna and okay. the Flavin guys also. Um, and it's funny that you use the words quality of life 
a few minutes ago yeah. because that's exactly what we kept going back to every single time in that interview. Um, pretty much when I came in, he said, well, I just basically want you to enhance the quality of life in Lake Charles. Wow. I was like, okay, well. <laughs> nothing, nothing big there. Easy peasy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Got that. I can do that. Uh, so that was, you know, a daunting um, task, but also humbling that he hired me and trusted me to try to do that. You yeah. Know? Because we have so many weddings um, and so many events uh, at Empire, but what Rick was really wanting at that time was to sort of start doing little things that we put on. Because mm. basically, you know, when people come to our buildings, it's, you know, they rent out the space and they, they have a wedding or they put on a fundraiser or, you know, which is also a really another cool part of my job because I see everything from a wedding to the Boy Scouts, you know, in right. our buildings, which is, I've gotten <laughs> to meet neat. so many people. It's been really cool. Yeah. But he really wanted to see different sort of events that Empire of the Seed actually puts on. I you see. Know? Okay. So that's when we came up with the idea of, um, well, a few things that we started. Um, one was Garden Path uh, Grow Trees. They did a little lunch in the courtyard for a pretty long time. They're, they're not doing it anymore, but just to get people downtown on their lunch break, it was like every Wednesday that yeah. we would have it and get to have good local food. Um, as if, I mean, there's a ton of other good places to eat downtown, but that was one thing. It was cool outside eating. And so that was one thing, little thing that we did. And then we started the listening room. Um, which was kind of Rick's idea. Um, really? He had read an article. He, he reads he reads so much, so he takes in so much information. Um, he's got he's got ideas all the time, and that yeah. was one of them. So we, we started that, and have I've just had such a good time with that because I've gotten to meet so many good musicians, um, people that I've admired just by their skill sets alone, but to kind of meet them and, and hear them play live in, that, in the Cash and Carry building, it's just such a cool thing so so for folks that don't know and people even that listen to this that aren't from here mm -hmm. so we'll talk a little bit about that location if you don't mind mm -hmm. the listening room and just mm -hmm. what that is yeah so it's uh it, it's basically just it becomes a music venue um when we host the listening room but it's at the cash and carry building which is the corner of uh, enterprise and broad uh it's at 801 enterprise and that's a historic town building right for yep. our area built in uh, 1936 wow and uh i mean i'm just so happy that rick had the the eye for it you know because sure. it was about to be you know torn down and he came in and you know just had the long-term thinking to say there's there's something here yeah let's let's do this and i mean it's still such a popular wedding venue and events venue and it's it's a beautiful place i of of course, I'm partial, but yeah, uh, yeah. it is a beautiful building. So he came to me with the idea of the listing room and um, just basically said there's there's this concept of people going to these venues and it's not really like a bar and yeah. it's not really like a night in a club or anything, but it's mm -hmm. it's it's like a concert. Yeah, where people actually go to listen to, to music, the music. Right. They want to hear the music. They it's don't. not the drinking room. It's yeah, the listening room. It's the room, listening right? room. Yeah. So we we kind of tried to take that concept and roll with it. And I'm just so thankful for all the musicians that have come to do it. I mean, it's 
it's really been a, a joy to, to put those on. How often do you have events there? I mean, music, you know, live music. I think we've done about, I think we've done about nine or ten of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit tricky scheduling wise because we do work around weddings ah, and stuff. Okay, the and bookings yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Right now, it's been a quick minute, but we've just been slam packed, you know, full with weddings, which is great. Yeah. Well, it's a beautiful space. I love the way it looks. It's it great. is. It's, it's really neat. Um, but yeah, I think, I don't know that we've done 10 just yet. I, I maybe spoke too soon on that. We're probably around eight or nine. Of okay. Them. But uh, I feel like it seems like such a, it seems like we've done so much more because for me, I start the process of like picking the musicians, reaching out to them. We do marketing for it and video shoots and, yeah. and photo shoots. Then we pump it up on Facebook and then sell tickets and then, you know, the show comes around and then there's still like that cool after effect after the show's over of yeah. people, you know, talking about the experience of it all online. So even though we've only done about, like I said, eight or nine of them, it's, it seems like such a longer journey because oh, yeah. we've created it from start to finish. Yeah. You've been there at the very beginning. Yeah. So it does feel more girthy, I guess. You right. know? Yeah. Robust. That makes sense. Right. And I, I like having the conversations with the musicians before, like treat this as a show where you, you can do what you want to do like hmm. if you want to do an original song like tell us about it like tell us why you wrote it and then sing it for us make it more of a yeah i get that I, and people like that kind of stuff where mm-hmm. they um i don't know i actually prefer a more intimate venue like mm-hmm. that the, the concerts that i've been to i'm not a big on mega concerts i'm not crazy about being in like large crowds mm-hmm. uh I, I don't know. This, it takes me out for some reason, but like when I go to a more intimate venue and see somebody that I really like, yeah. and I'm like, wow, this is a feel um, connected to them more. So there's that opportunity for them to interact with the crowd too. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's good. That's, it's, that's really cool. It's neat. Yeah. The, the interaction has been really cool and people actually get to hear the lyrics. And even if it's a cover, like tell us why you admire this, this yeah. person, this, you know, this, this musician that you're wanting to sing their music. Yeah. You know? Um, so uh, even just from a selfish vantage point, I, I've booked people that I just legitimately respect as artists and have gotten to just read the benefits of hearing them play. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's been a really fun thing. And I'm happy. I know it. I'm I hate to pause the program, but I want to ask you something. Did you know that you can help me and my team at Parker Brand Creative Services grow the Find the Good News signal? For less than a fancy cup of coffee, you can become an Early Risers Club patron on our Patreon page. What's Patreon? Well, it's a way for creators to fund their projects by pooling support from those really passionate people that believe in what they're doing. Do you believe in what we're doing with Find the Good News? I hope you do. We believe that there's already enough negative news in the world, even right here at home, and that good people doing good works deserve a platform to speak from too. That's why we created Find the Good News, and we believe in that simple mission. Maybe you believe in it too. If you do believe in finding and sharing good news, then head over to our Patreon page right now or check out the link in the show description. For a commitment of $3.33 a month, you can join the Early Risers Club of Find the Good News Patreon supporters and get access to The B-Sides, a patrons-only podcast with the crew behind Find the Good News, Parker Brand Creative Services. 
each time we level up, the Patreon rewards will get bigger. If you're tired of old news, bad news, and fake news, help support Find the Good News at patreon.com slash findthegoodnews. That's patreon.com slash findthegoodnews. Now, back to the episode. Um, Arts and Humanities, a couple, several years back, did this thing, this Roots Revival. Mm-hmm. Did you go to that? I didn't go to it, but I know about it. It's really um, cool. It was kind of, mm-hmm. had that same format where somebody would come out and uh, talk about the music they were about to hear and the history of the piece. And yeah. then somebody would come out and cover that, you know, with a little modern tint to it. Love that. It was really cool, though. I had a good time. I filmed it, and I told my wife, I said, I wish I'd have just been in the audience, because it was just a great, right. great experience was, to have that intimacy. Was it at Central School? It was, yeah. yeah. It really was. That's right. That's I cool. say that. We're, um, I, I asked that because I, I'm working on a project right now, and I, I don't want to give away too many details, but it, it will. it's going to be held at Central School. Oh, okay. Um, and it's uh, with uh, two awesome girls that I'm working with. The brainchild of it all is uh, Dominique Darbone, who is the front lady for the Flamethrowers. Oh, okay. And so she's getting ready to... It's it's going to be kind of a, a neat show that we're going to oh, do over cool. there. So she, she's the she's the star of the show. Yeah. But, uh, and then Emily Porsche, who manages uh, the Burton Cost Sim. Yeah. She, the three of us are working to put it together. So oh, that's great. Be some, that'll be something uh, that you guys can look forward to uh, at Central School, hopefully that's in the exciting. next few months. Yeah. So working then in this job then gets you, gives you the ability to connect with people probably that you weren't connecting with before. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've met so many people that... I would have never met otherwise yeah. and, and just neat, neat people, neat jobs yeah. that, that, you know, whether it's the, the, uh, the symphony, the members of the symphony, the Lake Charles symphony or children's museum, you know, just feeling a lot more connected to downtown, which is yeah. really neat. Um, it's been cool. Yeah. It seems like that empire of the seed can plug into things mm-hmm. is what it just feels like to me. Just listen to you talk like it's like, Hey, well, let me think of the way I'm trying to envision it is more like it kind of flows where it needs to go. It's like, hey, here's a piece of property that really, if you just put a little imagination on it and some creativity and all the other projects we've worked on and some of what we've learned, we can point it at this mm-hmm. and like make something new, like kind of grow right out of that. Is that oh yeah accurate? Absolutely. Yeah. And and I mean, I feel like that all goes even back to the name of, of planting a seed and, and yeah, seeing, it, seeing yeah. it grow, you know, an empire from a small start, you know. Yeah. When y'all just recently did the, uh, y'all call it something, it's Industry Man is the statue's name, yes. right? But what is, they call it a sitting park? What is it called? Uh, a, uh, we call it a little pocket park. Pocket park, yeah, okay. it's a tea okay. tiny little park, yep. I thought and that was neat. <laughs> it's really cute. And that's yeah. all, that's all Rick and Donna, you know, just with their good ideas. Um, they both had parents that were, were industry folks. Yeah. Um, I think both of their dads were, were both industry guys. And so just paying kind of tribute to those folks that do uh-huh. that work. And a lot of them are, they end up being clients of ours. Yeah. You know, they're, they're eating in our restaurants and they're, they're paying for their daughters to have their reception at the Cal Marine Bank. You know, that's, and that's just how they are. They're aware of, the folks in the in the in the town that support the town, you yeah. Know? Um, 
So yeah, I think it was a great idea. It looks really cool. It too. does look cool. He had I, his Mardi Gras beads on. This I saw week. that on a post. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's funny. Uh, is a totally it's related but completely unrelated little personal story. I can't tell you how this game got started, and mm-hmm. it's probably one of the dumbest games. <laughs> but me and some friends, we play this game called Bronzeman. And basically, I, don't, I think we accidentally created it. One day, I was out of town filming, and there was these bronze police officer. It was like dedicated to the officers. I don't remember what town I was in, but I, was, I took a picture of it. And I was like, "Oh, there's bronzeman." I just texted it to my buddy. Right. Well, he happened to be in a place, and there was another statue for something else. It goes, "Oh yeah, well, bronzeman." Well, then we got in this thing where like, who's gonna win? Is who can send each other the most bronze statues in a it. day. That's awesome. And used to, I couldn't play it around here. Right. Had to go out of town. Now you I'm like, I got bronze everywhere. You got a guy. <laughs> I yep. got a cupboard in Lake Charles. And now you have a new one. <laughs> that's right. I got another bronze one. I'm like, I got guys everywhere. That's, so, that's you know, awesome. It's kind of silly, but it's yeah, like. Yeah, but it, <laughs> it almost may, makes you pay attention to the art that's just out in the community. You know, yeah, it's a little game. You know? Hashtag kind of bronzeman. And you know, I was like, you know, now, now with Instagram, you could probably start a whole thing. You know, just oh, like a yeah. little, it's nothing but bronze guys yeah. or women, you know, out. If you do statues. start that, please have ours on there. Oh, have for sure. I, on no one's, we're, you know, it was just one of these silly things. And I get a chuckle when I get a text with a picture of a bronze one. <laughs> you know, it's rare these days, but you know, oh, he must be traveling or something. I love that. <laughs> that sounds like a good group of friends. You know, yeah, they're good people. Keep that rolling. It's a little silly, but it's uh, it's a good way, like you said, though, to, to pay attention to history. I actually love statues. We have so many now. Mm-hmm. You know, and you get to sit and read about who the person is. Like, um, what's the one on the lake? Uh, the Captain uh, Gosport? I'll take I don't your know. word for it. I don't know. I, I just thought that was a cool one. And I, now I'm sitting here acting like I know something about history. I just said, oh, and you learned so much history. And I came to tell you what it said. <laughs> but I do remember standing there and reading it and being fascinated yeah. by it at the moment. I probably obviously didn't retain all the information, yeah. but it's just something about it. You know, in the moment yeah. you get to, you know, learn about a place. Yeah. You know, and we have, I think it's the same artist that's producing all of those statues in Lake yep. Charles, right? Yep. Um She's just a Stein. Yeah, I was supposed to say I know her last name is Stein, and I got to talk to her um, at the at the unveiling of it. They they had tasked me to be the person that you know rips the oh, rips the really? tar or pulls the cord for the yeah, tarp. Yeah, it, po- it comes off. Yeah. yeah. So I was a little bit nervous about that, but I got to talk to her about it. And I, once I found out, I was just chit chatting with her. I didn't know that she was the artist. Oh. But then I got to talk to her and was just. I was like, this is incredible, you know, and I, I asked her too. this might be interesting for you for the, um, for your bronzeman competition. Yeah. <laughs> I asked her, I said, whose face did you use, oh, I'd love you know, to, know. to, uh, kind of inspire this, you know, this, yeah. this guy. And, um, she said for him, it was more so she, she didn't want him to be like, overly good looking, uh-huh. you know, because she wanted him to be like every man. Yeah. So she was inspired just by like sort of old school, um, like actors, you know, not really kind of ambiguous. She, she named a guy one, one in particular, but I I wish I could remember his name, but she, she said that he was almost too good looking. So she had to make him look a little bit less, you know, beautiful to look at. (laughs) It's interesting. It really is. Yeah. Cause you have to think about it. You're looking at, you're making a bone structure and a face for someone and yeah, 
if you don't really have anything to look like, well, look she at, has what's done. It turn out as? She's done the Millennium statue mm-hmm. at Bilbo Cemetery, right? The Veterans Memorial. Yes, that was the one I was thinking of. The and then one. Uh, the Captain, and then this Industry Man. I wonder yeah. if she's done any more that I don't know about. I don't know. I don't know. That's a lot. I mean, she's talented. Oh, all the little children inside uh, Bilbo Cemetery too. Oh, really? Have you been in there in a mm-hmm. while? They got the. Um, they have these little children in there all throughout. Okay. Well, I say all throughout. I think there's two. Yeah. <laughs> it's not an army of children out there. But but she might have done that. But I too. think that she did because they're, it's kind of neat actually. Uh, I filmed that place a couple of times and I like to get behind the children's heads. Uh-huh. And that's why I was, I love her work. Yeah. Because when you get where the, if you go get right behind the children and you put your eyes where their eyes are looking, uh-huh. they're looking up at. Um, Jesus on that big pedestal that oh, he's wow. on. So it was wasn't just like she caught she didn't just sculpt them. She made wow. sure their that's so heartfelt. You know, eye eye line was where. Oh, that's so yeah, heartfelt. What a really, detail. Yeah, a little detail. It's really neat. She she paid close attention on Industry Man. Like if you go if if anyone happens to be downtown and walks by him, like one thing that I thought was cool, just like on one of his back feet. You know, his pant leg is stuck into his boot. Oh, really? And you can see the little strap on the back of his boot that would, he, he would pull. use to pull his boot up. And then he's got like a little, uh, it looks like a little handkerchief hanging out of his back pocket. You yeah. know, just those little details. Um, and, and two, his, the lunchbox the that pail, he's carrying. Yeah. That was kind of, we call it Lunchbox Park, actually. Oh, it's, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> um, that's kind of what our little nickname around uh, Empire I like that. Yeah, Lunchbox Park. But Don, uh, Miss Donna had saved her dad's lunch, lunch pail, okay. and she used that exact, you know, pail to to, to build the one yeah, on the statue. That's cool because so. that's some old metal ones, and it like has even I think like the the thermos bottle might have even yep. latched yep. into the top of the lid. Yeah, I, I was when y'all posted about that on your social media. <clears throat> there was a whole conversation about that lunch pail, and I thought that was really neat. Mm-hmm. It was like it's it it's just cool that they were able to generate those memories from people yeah <clears throat> you know other people were going oh my dad had one of those yes or, my dad would heat it up and cook in his yep. you know and I the was nostalgia like, that it brought back yeah. i was like what a neat thing but it, that's that was their reality they would see their dads getting ready to go to work and he'd have his lunch pail in his hand and be out the door like yeah. what a sweet little like memento to, to have for sure so, thought it was cute yeah. so how does that feel to you i mean how long have you been there now um a little over three years. It'll be four years in September. And you recently got a promotion, yeah. right? So yeah. how does it feel, you know, to work there and to see so many things, I guess, bearing fruit? Yeah, it's so, like, rewarding. It's so rewarding. And and to just play a small part in helping Rick and Donna, just because I respect them so much, helping them do the things they want to see happen around Lake Charles. It just, it's enough reason for me to go to work every day. It's invigorating. It huh? is. It is. And they're just such good people. Like it will be hard to find bigger fans of Lake Charles than Rick and Donna Richard. Yeah. And they're folks that could have gone anywhere. They could have gone anywhere, you know, and they chose to come back. And so, yeah, that's my emotional side coming out because I care about them so much. I believe but, it. Uh, I can tell. Yeah. They, uh, but yeah, it's, it's amazing. And, and for me just to see, We've got like a small team kind of put together now. I've got an assistant and then uh, Rick and Donna's son, David, like, you know, he's on board. So just having a small, like, 
team of people now because when it when I first started it was just me oh really just hit the ground running you know oh wow I didn't okay so you were just Lone Ranger Lone Ranger oh, wow. yeah yeah <clears throat> and I uh, had a week of training with my predecessor and then you know just jumped right in wow and I really one of the coolest things is the freedom that they've given me um, because going back to the job at the industry is you know having to punch in and punch out at a particular time and you know, making sure that, uh, you know, lunch break is, you don't clock in a minute late or a minute early or whatever, you know, yeah. and whereas this, like it, it took, there was a learning curve there for me because, you know, Rick was like, he, he trusted me to do it. You know, he trusted me to fill the buildings with events and plan stuff. And I, I think having that trust from him, I just meant the world to me. And I just wanted to capitalize on that i didn't want to let anyone down you know like but with that freedom you know it's just you in an office you're like okay like what am i gonna get done today what do i need to achieve you know so it's that's been a a pretty cool process too of just almost being a lone ranger yeah uh managing these these buildings that mean so much to the community you know yeah it's interesting i talked to uh, someone professionally the other day that i've worked with for a lot of years and they were saying the same thing, you know, so when, when they worked under leadership that maybe was micromanaging mm-hmm. them, they did their job. Yeah. But uh, once they started working under leadership where the person said, hey, I trust you, go do it. He said, you know, there was a whole nother level, almost like a little anxiety because mm-hmm. they knew what to do. But that was the first time they'd ever been told, no, I trust you to go do that. Yeah. I'm not going to micromanage you. Just make it great. Yeah. And it was like. I knew I could, but at the same time, there was this responsibility now that I wasn't being micromanaged, you know, and it was interesting to hear from the same person that I'd worked with for so long, say to, you know, these, the difference and how I think it it brought out the best in me for sure. And I think it's weird. I'm just kind of making this connection. It kind of goes back to even with my husband pulling that out of me on triathlon, Amy pulling that out of me when Uh it came to music and now Rick pulling me out of that with uh yeah just thought about that career wise like it's just like you need that one person to sort of put you in a position where they they trust you and then you just have to you have to do it you know yeah um so he was yeah he's been that person for me career wise wow Uh, yeah that's really awesome you that's that's such a good lesson to take away from this conversation is how important it is for those people to exist. Yeah. And I hope I can be that person. Yeah. For there you go. That was the next thing. That's perfect. God, that's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. I was like, man, and then just to look around and ask yourself in your life, like, am I in that position yeah. to help somebody just to yeah. give them that little bit of encouragement, right. just right. a dose of encouragement. Yeah. It goes a long <clears> way. I mean, it's made all the difference for me. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of cool how that came full circle. Yeah, I but, love that. Yeah, he's for sure. He, he and not just Rick, Miss Donna too, his wife, um, have both been that for me. So things have sure changed in that whole area. It's beautiful. I mean, just, yeah, it's yeah, beautiful. Really, and has. even listening to the, the your podcast with the CVB folks on it, um, just hearing them s- saying like basically if someone you know a 
basically someone from out of town coming in saying, what is there to do this weekend? And they're like, here's this whole buffet of things to do. Yeah. Like, there's all kinds of things. I think yeah. they mentioned anything from like a monster truck rally to hearing the symphony play, which yeah. is so cool. Yeah. You know, I'm so happy. And there's this cool emergence of like Charles Pride that it probably has been around longer than what I'm going to say. But since I've been at Empire, which has been, you know, a little over three years, it, it, I've been more tuned into it. How many people really care yeah. about our community and want to see like cool things happen. Yeah. And being um, plugged in like that, you're probably, it gives you a whole different outlook. Yeah, it does. <coughs> and I'm so thankful for those folks that yeah. just believe in the city and, and want to see good things come and, and getting rid of the, the naysayers that say there's nothing to do here. Like we've heard that one too many times. Oh man. I mean, I grew up hearing that. Yeah. <clears throat> really? Me too. And I've probably I mean, been guilty of saying it in my, in my earlier days. Yeah. Um, I don't believe it now, but yeah, I always worry. I mean, I have been worrying for the last few years, um, with all the, I'm just going to use the term economic boom that was just like everybody was talking about. I worried that that was just going to come through here like a steamroller. And in some ways it has. I yeah. mean, in some areas it has been like a steamroller yeah. and just going, let's just make way for this and and not make room for art, culture, history. Don't preserve things. Let's mm-hmm. just get in there and make that money. Yeah. You know, and then what you leave behind isn't so good. You know, it might put a lot in your pockets, but it's not putting anything in your heart. That's right. And I I really worry about that. I I still worry about it, honestly. But but hearing what you're talking about today, it's hopeful Mm -hmm. that there are people out Mm -hmm. there who get it. And they're going, yeah, we can live in a good symbiosis with this big machine that's coming through. Yeah. You know, and we can feed off of that and and do it in a, a good, healthy way. Right. And obviously to them, finding good people to put in positions like yours is very important. And so that, that says a lot about you. Yeah. Well, thanks. I appreciate <laughs> it, it really does. I'm learning something new every day. Yeah. So that's good. Well, I mean, people, people were emailing me, Hey, you got to talk to her. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. You're well loved and, and <laughs> highly admired. <laughs> that's kind. That's kind. I, um, yeah, I, I just feel really lucky with, with where I've landed and go, yeah, I think it's attributed to people being encouragers and I think we can all learn that you know just to be someone who's authentic uh that's kind of my motto is just wanting to be someone who's just completely authentic with with work or with sport or with music or with hobbies or with friendships or you know in my marriage you know like all that stuff just be authentic and just compliment you know when I compliment someone it's not just to like make me feel good it's it's because i really mean it and being kind to someone because i really want to be kind to them you know and trying to do something good at work because that i really want to do something good at work you know yeah not looking for a pat on the back on the back end for it you know yeah yeah you want your it sounds like you just have a really you're you want to get out of the way and let your true good nature be revealed yeah right and just let it be don't don't let it be yeah yeah i love that i mean what a lesson today the encouragers yeah. Yeah. Look for them. Look for them. Look find for them. them. And yeah. once you find them, you know, keep working with them. <laughs> yeah. Because it's, uh, you know, the, the, those folks that I've mentioned have made all the difference. Yeah. They really have. So I feel lucky for it. <laughs> and I'm happy 
This episode's Fishing for Goodies Fishbowl sponsor is Brimstone Museum and Henning Cultural Center in Sulphur, Louisiana. I don't know what you look for when you travel, but one of the things I look for when I'm putting together my itinerary is a unique museum or gallery in the city I'm traveling to. I do this almost every time I go to a new city, but if I'm being honest, I'm guilty of not always doing that very thing right here at home in Sulphur, Louisiana. That's really a shame because we have one of the most interesting, historically relevant, and culturally rich corners in any city in the country about two minutes from where I'm sitting right now. I'm talking about the Brimstone Museum and Henning Cultural Center. Have you ever really thought about why our city is named Sulphur? They've got a permanent exhibit on the history of the sulphur industry that answers that simple question and more. You really get a full scope of just how important the sulphur mining industry was to the development of Southwest Louisiana and the impact it had on the rest of the world. Yes, the rest of the world. On the same property, right next door to the museum, is the Henning Cultural Center, presenting some of the most interesting, modern, and culturally relevant local art shows I've ever seen. My dear friend Tom Trahan and the Brimstone Historical Society have really worked hard to give us this treasure, and it's a multifaceted jewel that I plan to take advantage of more often. You don't have to wonder what their hours are, or how to get there, or what shows are coming up. Just go to brimstonemuseum.org, like I did, and subscribe to their mailing list right there on the homepage. That's brimstonemuseum.org. Tom will make sure you start getting the announcements for each and every new show at the gallery. But you don't have to wait for the mail to arrive to enjoy this historical local treasure. You don't have to be guilty, like me, of overlooking a local wonder that conveniently sits next to the Grove, one of the most beautiful walking parks in southwest Louisiana. Drop in and say hi to Tom for me. Tour the museum and center, and make sure to tell Tom that you heard about Brimstone Museum on Find the Good News. Now, let's take that dive in the fishbowl. So you've listened to this show. Have you listened to more than one episode? Um, no. Okay. So do you know about this fishbowl sitting next to you? Okay. Okay. I do. I think they you you pull a question. Yeah, from you it, pull right? a question out of it. Yeah. Okay. And you pull three questions. Okay. It's called this. This whole segment's called fishing for goodies. <laughs> okay. But there's like 400 plus questions in there, so you're gonna draw three. There's paper slips that are submitted by other listeners. There's cards from games and stuff that I put in there. Okay. So it's a mishmash. It's like the ultimate magic eight ball. Okay. I love it. So So do I answer all three or all three? You choose three and we just go one at a time. Oh, that's a good one. Number one's a doozy already. Uh Oh, Oh, I don't want to answer that one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh Lordy. All right, I'm going to replace one. You can one. replace one, for sure. Okay. We've actually had to retire some questions yeah. because they're like, eh. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, the first one is possible solutions to personal challenges you're facing. Um, that's a good, that's a really good question. So, I guess you need to know personal challenges I'm oh, facing. Oh, yeah. If you want to share. Before I give you solutions. <laughs> give me the solution uh, and then we can, yeah. Sure. Well, I know one thing, just, I, and you can probably relate to this, Oren, being a um, like an artsy type. And, and I don't want to lump all artsy people into this category, but I'm kind of flighty and a little bit... Uh, 
I like to do the things I like to do, but some I, I've learned. And one thing working at Empire and and with like a pretty steady training regime is I have to I have to be a good scheduler. Mm, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've learned. So sometimes one of my challenges still is not laying out my day in a ah. way that seems the most productive. Gotcha. So that's one thing that I can always learn from. And I, I kind of attribute that to being a little bit artsy and just, you know, yeah. all over the place sometimes. Flowing. Things Fla- flowing. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Which is great sometimes. Yeah. But a lot of the time, for me, I'm way happier when I can get up in the morning, uh, exercise, get that part of my life done with before I even, go, you know, take my dogs for a walk and then go to work and feel like I've, I've already accomplished so much that morning. I can just hit the ground running at work. Mm-hmm. And then I don't have anything hanging over my shoulder, yeah. you know, sure. at the end of the day, I can just go home and enjoy being at home after, you know, an honest day's work basically. Sure. So, um, yeah. So possible solution is just being aware, first of all, that I tend to be like this. Interesting. Okay. And yeah, awareness. And then, yeah, yeah. um, self-aware, self-aware. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, not only being aware, you have to take action. So awareness and action. So sit down and say, okay, well, I am going to wake up at four or five and go run before work. And then I am going to, you know, I have dogs. I want to make sure they get to exercise before work too. So I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. And then I go to work and I have a list of things that I know I need to get done at work that day. And I'm not going to go home until I get it done, you know? So yeah, that's, that's something that I have to work on every week for sure. My version of that, mm-hmm. would, and, I, and I don't know if I can explain it, because that's interesting, you saying that, the way you said it, all of that. I was like, what's my version of that? And I guess <laughs> my version of that, and I, it got me thinking just now about the word inspiration. I like to be inspired. Mm-hmm. I really do. Like mm-hmm. when I when something inspires me, it's kind of all I want to do. Same here. I get tunnel vision bad. I get tunnel vision. Yep. And so what I've had to, I'm having to learn to do, and I'm trying, and I don't know if I've even found the solution, is to, you know, the word inspire and spirit, they they have a lot of the similar qualities in spirit, meaning breath or wind. I try to think of it that way because I like riding the wind and being that going wherever inspiration wants to take me. But I have to learn that I got to get off of that if I'm going to get anything done or I've got to point it into some kind of container. Yeah. And that's always been for me like a frustration point is like I get really elevated from being inspired and I want to put it in something and and make it run, you know, like, Oh, now that I'm inspired, I want to put it in this container and give it wheels and like send it out into the world. Yeah. I get that. But when it doesn't happen, the other side is like the crash of dropping off of inspiration. It's like, Oh man. Yeah. I can can relate to that. You can relate to that. Okay. I got to watch it with that kind of stuff. (laughs) I mean, it'll take, I'll get on that train and, Five years will go by and I'm going, what did I do? I just <laughs> rode this inspiration train. And, and you know, you want it to work out, but sometimes it's like, I can't eat any of this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah. this isn't providing food, water, shelter yeah. at all. Right. I'm just riding this inspiration <laughs> yeah. train. I got to get off. I'm trying to do this thing, man. <laughs> I'm in love right now with this thing. <laughs> this idea. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you yeah. go sort of down a, a creative So that's hole. my problem, I guess. Yeah. It's in that category where I'm pretty good at staying on track with work and, and scheduling. But if you light my fire. Mm-hmm. 
I, I, I'm just going to ride until the oil's That's right. out of that lamp. So it's apparent you know? when you're super excited you about You can something. tell when I'm into something for I sure. I love it. Oh, yeah. I love that. I'll, I'll drive it forever. But also sometimes that, you know, that passion is what makes you do great things. Like this, this podcast is really cool. And if you hadn't gotten fired up and a little bit tunnel vision about it, you know, a lot of people have ideas, but sometimes you need that sort of tunnel vision for a quick minute to, yeah. to make it launch. I just, know? I worry though. And I don't know if you ever, I, maybe this is not the right way to say it, but I've always kind of explained it this way to other people. I've worried that I'm going to end up being a match and not a lantern. Oh yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like That's I'm going to strike on a box and blaze up and then just poof, you know, yeah. it's gone. Whatever I did, I'd rather be, I love, and it kind of relates to the empire of the seed. I would much rather know mm-hmm. that I've, took the light from the match and put it in a lantern and it's got a nice trim wick and oil that's where i need to be a little more yeah and you're, you're providing and light catch for that other spirit people. in a place where it can like burn for a little while that's good <laughs> so. yeah but again like i said the first thing is awareness you know yeah and you pre- seem pretty aware of that about yourself so yeah, you know man, how to- passion is uh <laughs> i know i i can relate to the tunnel vision big time too because that's the problem with having two major hobbies that are kind of opposite of each other oh, wow yeah. in my mind they they can overlap for sure with music and, and triathlon but like it's either like if i'm signed up for a race or i'm pursuing some artistic you know thing like when we were doing our album or you know preparing for a listening room or something like that yeah like before i know it i'm like oh well i've been training for the houston marathon and i haven't picked my guitar uh, up once this week yeah you know yeah. and then i get sad and i miss it you know yeah no <laughs> i get, get, so I get that vision. with some other things but i get that yeah and i feel desperate to get like a drink of that other thing i'm like i yeah. need to really do and then i dive back into that other right. thing. yeah i'm like oh god i get that totally yeah for sure i think pro- yeah probably people that jug like juggle multiple hobbies can relate to that yeah. so that's a good question it's a good question yeah, yeah. let us to some interesting stuff um oh lordy have you had your 15 minutes of fame yet oh well that kind of well i hate this to be my answer but i think i i think i have really Um, oh with your music yeah with the music so and it literally was like 15 minutes of fame (laughs) but it was cool and kind of a funny story um when so one of our songs was on a TV show, oh, like really? super unbeknownst to us, which is just very typical of me and Amy Kerwin's relationship as like bandmates. Um, but yeah, so there's a show on TV called Criminal Minds, yeah, and one of our and some I don't even know what season or episode it is, I think it's a season finale of an episode, um, where I guess they just thought that one of our songs was appropriate to be sort of the background music and they play a good like probably 30 seconds of it which in a tv show is a good amount of time which is kind of neat but yeah we we got up one morning and i remember this it was a friday i was getting ready to host a listening room that night uh we had jackie bork oh yeah who's Um, awesome uh i love i was so caught up in that i was so excited about that show and promoting it and getting everything ready for her for that night that apparently our facebook had exploded Uh, over so y'all didn't know that it was gonna be oh okay but here's the thing no um 
like no disrespect to the show because they did their due diligence. Uh, when they found the song, they reached out to us and emailed us, but oh, okay. we were being not good band members and didn't check <laughs> our band email. So they had, they had emailed us to do their side of the thing. Um, and, and then we ended up following up with them and, and all that stuff. So that worked out well and everything, but yeah, that, I guess that was it. But yeah, we were on the, sh- on the show and we, we had no idea. We, we really woke up that day and I was like, again, with tunnel vision, getting ready for Jackie's show. And, and someone, I think it was her husband, uh, Bobby, who said, uh, by the way, y'all were on a TV show last night. This is why your Instagram and your Facebook is blowing up all of a sudden. And then sure enough, I looked at, uh, the singer, I, I love singer songwriter, singer songwriter style music. And we had actually jumped into the top 10 on the iTunes charts. Really? Singer songwriter. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Which is, and, and again, it was really like, I'm not, I don't want to make it more than it was. It was literally like 15 minutes of that's cool though. local fame, not national fame or anything. But yeah. it was neat for that split second. It just shows how funny and how small the world seems that they found little old us at LA Charles to put on a TV show. So I, it's it so kind of neat. Funny that we have a little connection uh, with it with, and it's a similar story. But it's kind of how you can uh, believe your own press almost. Yeah. And then you know, nobody cares in the big picture, but. We did a logo years ago when Contraband Days had rebranded, uh-huh. and then they changed the name of it to Louisiana Pirate Festival. Okay. And I think it was uh, NCIS New Orleans. Is that a show? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's what it was. And so they were NCIS. doing an episode where there was a murder at a pirate festival in New Orleans, and uh, they wanted to use the logo from Lake Charles but for awesome. the show and pretend like it was a New Orleans thing. And, you know, we get all excited, and it, like, it airs, and it's... You, you care, oh, but yeah. then like there's these people watching going, oh, they didn't notice that. Yeah, but it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> I feel like I feel like it just shows your credibility. You yeah, know? it was neat like, that they they said, hey, that's a good. Let's use that logo. We want to use it. I think it's awesome. You know? and it's yeah. neat, and it gives you a little bit of like elation, and then you're like, well, like you said, it's about 15 minutes long. You yeah. know, it's like it's here, and then it's yeah, like, yeah. That, and then like, oh well. But don't ever discredit yourself for that because it's cool. Because they could have picked any logo. Well, you know? you're right. And they could have just made their own thing. Yeah. yeah. They chose to do that. Yeah. It yeah. was neat. It was it's a neat little cool. piece of history. That's awesome. So, yeah. yeah, we both had our 15 minutes. 15 minutes. Today. I was like, God, that was it. You know, yeah. on a show I didn't even watch. You know, yeah. like I didn't even watch this. I show. didn't watch Criminal. My mom all of a sudden is a huge <laughs> Criminal Minds fan because she's just waiting for that one episode to show to play so she can hear <laughs> the 30 seconds of our song play. That's funny. Which is. Or like, e- you know what else? Like for me, too, it's like if you if I appear on like a podcast. Yeah. Because I've interviewed some of my favorite podcast people, and I get so excited. Sure. But from their perspective, they're like, I'm just some guy with a podcast that you like. Right. You know what I mean? But for to me, it's like, oh, wow. You know? Yeah. I can't wait to share this with somebody else. But Absolutely. whenever I go do something, it's like, those people don't know who you are. They yeah. don't know. You know, and you just go, oh, for that little audience, you know, they're like, okay, it's another guest. You know? Yeah. It's just neat to... Uh, get that little feeling that somebody's listening out there. Yeah. You know, it's kind of cool. Totally speaks to your credibility. I think it's great. So That's kudos fine. to you on that. <laughs> Should I do the third question? Oh, yeah, please. Um, topics you could give a five-minute speech on right now. Oh. Um, are you going to ask me to do the five-minute speech? You don't have to, but you can <laughs> if you kidding. have it ready to go. <laughs> um, I'm just kidding. Um, well, pretty much what we talked about today, music, absolutely. Uh, triathlon, 
Absolutely. Probably longer on that because there's just so many good race stories. You really? Know? Um, and I just like that. And that it's a, it seems like a bigger community to me mm. with triathlon. Uh, and I, I mean, I've made some of my best friends from running and triathlon. Really? Yeah. So that and then, um, yeah, I, can we do a marathon and triathlon in two different categories? Yeah. Of two different types of races. Absolutely. Could do that too. Uh, and then, yeah, event spaces. I could talk a lot about that too. <laughs> yeah. Do you know uh, Dan Smith? Yes. Uh, that's my, one of my best childhood friends. Really? Yeah. He, he's an ultra marathoner guy. Like yeah. Hundred milers. Yeah, yeah. My my uh, I got to brag on my husband. He did he did one his first one, um, last February, mm-hmm. and it was his first one ever. And the big barrier for that is to do it less than 24 hours mm. and uh he he ran 100 miles in just over 21 hours which is insane yeah it blows uh, my mind actually <laughs> it was one of the coolest experiences as a spectator that i think that's just proof of how much i love this kind of sport is um if you if you like to go and just be out there like spectating as much as you like racing, that means you've you've got it bad. <laughs> it was really it was really cool. I mean, we were outside, you know, in Kasachi National Forest. Uh, Is that where the marathon went yeah, to that's, place? That's where it was at. Yeah. Oh, okay. I uh, love Kasachi. It's called the Red Dirt Ultra. Oh, oh okay. Uh, and cool. uh, yeah, we were just out there all night. His family was out there. We had some friends out there, and it was awesome. It was Neat. really yeah. It was it was kind of like a cool. I almost want to say almost spiritual experience. I believe that. Just being out in the woods all night long. Oh, yeah. It was like just the like the break that I needed. For sure. I, I feel like it maybe work was super busy or something leading up to that. Yeah. And just being out in the woods for 24 hours was awesome. That, that'll that'll wash away so much yeah. uh, negativity, any, any residual stuff. Yeah, just kind of disconnected. Yeah. I totally see the appeal. Yeah. You know, do I you totally... go, do you guys go spend time in nature a lot, you and your husband? Well, I think that's why we like this sport so much. Yeah. Okay. Because, I mean, we are outdoorsy folks, for yeah. sure. And I, I know down the line, we would love to be the people that own the Airstream and and you know, go yeah. on the camping trips. And Michelle just and I too. <laughs> drive there. You Someday. Know, that's for sure a, a bucket list thing. You know that we yeah. and not even not even call it a bucket list because it's something we want to keep doing. It's yeah. not going to be a one and done thing. It'll be something that we just hopefully can enjoy through our lives. Yeah. But yeah, that's a huge part of why we do it. Is and for me, after I saw the first triathlon, it was up in Shreveport, Louisiana. My husband did a race up there and. After I saw him do it, I was like, I was hooked, you know. Oh, and you were just watching, Just right? watching and him. And you were like, okay, I want to yeah. do this. And it's such a welcoming community. It was the, it was the welcoming, like, kind of vibe, because mm. you see all kind of people, you and know. I bet, that pl- I bet that sport is full of encouragers. Oh, huge. Full of encouragers. Yeah. So that welcoming feeling is what gets you in, but then the challenge is what makes you stay, you Yeah, know? <laughs> Yeah, I, I went and filmed just a 5K one time in Lake Charles, nice. and... uh you know, I was at various points in the race had to move to different spots, you know, and mm-hmm. catch different little B-roll shots. But there was this one part towards the end that really inspired me or touched my heart, I should say. Uh, you know, there was a guy that was, you know, he was just trying to finish the race. He wasn't yeah. trying to get far. He was just trying to finish the race. Yeah. And so a lot of the people who had already finished like ran back and like ran with him. I love and like that. it was pepping him on. And I was like, what's this? Guy? I mean, it really made me cry. I was like, you know. People, people want to see other people 
finish and, yeah. and do well. It weren't oh, like, yeah. you know, it wasn't some like, man, that guy's, what's he doing out here? It was none of that none like of that. macho, toxic sort of not at all athlete culture. It was really encouraging. Yeah, like this is for everybody. <clears throat> yeah, this for could everybody. be for everybody. Yeah, I love that. And you, you won't find a a cooler like finish line than at some of those endurance events oh, really? with the energy and you know of course I'm I'm partial cuz I've I'm all laid up with the sport but it's it's such an encouraging you know people just cheering for you for the sake of doing it they don't know who you are they just are proud that you did it yeah. you know um, human connection man that's and awesome. people coming by and and saying that back to encouragement like all right just a few more miles like keep going you got this you know yeah and i think some of my strongest friendships have been formed because when you're out there at, at you know one of my best friends kelly juno she we became friends basically by training, like best friends by training for a marathon together. Wow. And you just have those experiences of there's something about doing something hard with somebody, mm. you know, that yeah. bonds you quickly. For sure. Or even on a creative side, there's something about creating music with someone that bonds you quickly. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah, that's lovely. All of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> great. Stuff. It is. It's really good. But yeah, I, and that, I think all of that is why I'm so thankful for those parts of my life is because, you know, the people that it's brought into my life as a result. So. And look, you just gave a beautiful five-minute speech. Speech. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's awesome. Did it. Did it. <laughs> There's one more question. Uh, yes. It's the last question of the show. It's okay. not in the fishbowl. Okay. It's on the back of that yellow mug. Okay. And that belongs to you now. Oh, awesome. Did anything good happen today? Oh, something good happens every day. It's great to hear. I'm, I'm just blessed every day. Just yeah. Just getting to wake up, you know, is a blessing. And, and Do you feel like you're a grateful person, like full of gratitude? Uh, I don't think I have a choice but to be. Yeah. You know, I feel so lucky with just where I'm at and, and I feel just so happy, but yeah, waking up every day is a, is a huge blessing and, and being even for me, like, so what I did this morning is I got up at five and I ran seven miles again with my best friend, Kelly Juno. And that in and of itself is a good thing. Yeah. You know, that being able to enjoy the things and, and physically able to do the things that I like to do. That's a good thing. Yeah. You know, and, and not overthinking what good things are, you know, is a good thing to leave on uh, to. Is I love that. Simple, simple things are good things. Yes. We do. We can get caught in that, right? Mm -hmm. Looking for something, idealizing what good is, making or, or framing it in, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but making it something very specific, mm -hmm. throwing things into categories and this is my good container. And these are the only things that can be good. Yeah. Instead of what we miss the small things, right. a little cool air or a little uh, beautiful yeah. sunset that you caught for five right. minutes. Yeah, that's right. It's, we can do that. Yeah. The, the journey to, to get you <clears throat> to a certain place is just as fun as the, the accomplishment. Yeah. I you suppose. can miss all that goodness that's on that journey. Yeah. I don't want to do that. I don't want to miss it. So yeah, just, yeah, something good happens every day. That's a great answer. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having oh, me. I was so glad to have met you finally, face yeah. to face, and yeah. you know, not just be social media connection. Yes, and, I know. You know. I can't wait to see who you talk to next. Um, I think you're really doing a great thing. Well, thank here. you. I, I this has been a blessing. It's something I'm grateful for. Cause, yeah. I mean. It's one of those things where, hey, you know, you like something, but you go, well, could I do that and share that with other people? And then you don't want to duplicate what other people are doing. But right. We, 
We didn't have anything like this in this area. So it's like, it's let's, awesome. Uh, let's give it a shot. You, you seem like the perfect fit for it. Well, it feels good. I yeah. will say that. It feels like home. Yeah. <clears throat> well, congrats. Yeah. It's it's great. I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <It's good. laughs> encouragement. Yeah, encouragement. Yes. <laughs> Encourage people, folks. That's what I t- I'm just going to remember that. For That's the, rest the takeaway. Of the, yeah, we all need it. takeaway. Pat someone on the back. Be an encourager. Look for the encouragers in your life. That's it. Yeah. Love it. Love it. I love you just as well. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Ashley Gott. If you found something good in this conversation, consider helping me keep the signal strong by supporting good news at patreon.com slash find the good news. I thank you for pressing play, for listening, and for sharing good news.